0: Hi there, welcome to our podcast for College Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick. Among the seven sacraments instituted by Jesus Christ, there are two that are geared toward the well-being of the church and society. Because the well-being of society as a whole, and the well-being of the individuals in particular, depend on these two sacraments, it is no surprise that they would be both under attack. The priesthood, and marriage in this episode we will talk about the sacrament of marriage and marriages are the foundation of society because they are the foundation for good families and without good well-established families there can't be a healthy society now all this is important for each one of us because just as we must be thankful to our parents for giving us life and a human and religious formation So we have to be thankful to all the other families who in one way or another helped us to live in somewhat a stable society. It is that stability of having a mother and a father that helps us form a healthy personality and helps us trust, to some extent, those around us and rely on them. Now one interesting fact is that in the case of most saints, a great part of the credit for the upbringing of a saint typically must be given to their parents, at least to some extent. We can see this in the life of St. John Vianney, also called the Curie of Ars, whose parents were very faithful Catholic and taught him the basics of the faith. And also the case of St. John Bosco, whose mother, Margaret, not only taught him virtue when young, but accompanied Don Bosco, even as he was a priest, and continued supporting him and the boys whom he worked with. Now, while there are many great examples of stable marriages and holy marriages, one that can be used as a model is that of Louis and Zélie Martin. They were the parents of St. Thérèse of Lisieux. They were born in 1823 and 1831, respectively. They were both children of fathers who were in the military. Both, both Louis and Zélie seriously discerned entering religious life at some point, but for different reasons, uh, discerned that that was not for them. And then eventually they met each other and finally got married in 1858 and settled in Alençon. Louis studied to be a watchmaker, and Zélie was a very skilled lace maker. They had nine children, but four of them died in infancy. And the other five girls all entered religious life. The Martin brought their children up in a spirit of devotion and prayer, learning to respect each other and serving those around them, particularly uh, the poor. They lived a life of deep affection for each other, which implied also embracing great sacrifices for the other person. One example of that is how Louis gave up his watchmaking business to help manage the lace-making business his wife had started as is usual in this life happiness doesn't come without crosses the entire family suffered greatly with zelie's lung illness which would end her life in 1877 at the age of 46. she died of uh, cancer Now, this was a great blow to all the family, especially for young Therese, who shares her thoughts about this moment in her autobiography published under the name, under the title, uh, The Story of a Soul. After that, Louis moved to Lisieux to be closer to to her in-laws so that they would help bringing up his daughters. Louis continued to live a life of devotion and of profound faith. After St. Therese entered religious life in 1888, who, in a sense, was like his uh, favorite daughter, uh, Louis began to suffer what Therese would call his passion. He suffered several strokes, which caused him to be basically paralyzed. This was a very painful illness, both for him and for his daughters, who suffered together with him while they saw him suffering and incapacitated. However, in a true Christian spirit, uh, Lewis offered himself as a sacrifice to God and offered all his sufferings as well on the altar of the cross. And he died in 1894 at the age of 71. Both Lewis and Zélie were canonized by Pope Francis in 2015 and their liturgical feast is celebrated on July 12th. Now, the institution of marriage, of which Lewis and Zelie are one example, is truly a treasure in the Catholic faith, and it is a path of sanctification. This institution was created by God for the well being of our human society. That appears clearly from the first pages of Scripture, and it appears as a reality in which a man and a woman come together and, as the Scripture says, Quote, become one flesh. Unquote. So God did not want man to be alone, and this is why, as the book of Genesis says, a man leaves his father and his mother and cleaves to his wife, and they become one flesh. And we read that in Genesis chapter two, verse twenty-four. So marriage is already present in the natural order of humanity. It is a natural part of God's creation of mankind. Not only is it within the natural order of humanity, but it also resembles the community and mutual love that we find within the three persons of the Holy Trinity. In that sense, as in many other things within the creator uh, order, the order of creation, this divinely created reality of marriage is truly willed by God, designed by God, and it resembles some aspect of the Trinity itself. In a word, God is the author of marriage and has endowed it with its proper laws, its proper norms or rules, if you want, so that it may function properly and help humanity. In other words, marriage is not a human invention, right? Uh, Many people believe that today and they think that we can create laws that redefine marriage. But marriage, again, is not a human invention. It's not the product of a social construct. uh, It's not a reality that man or human laws can change, redefine, or reconstruct at our will. Marriage, instead, and even in the natural order, is an institution given to us by God, given to mankind, by the Creator. And therefore, it is a reality that must be respected and lived according to God's plan. We have to Use marriage according to the plan of God in order to help us obtain our goals. As the Second Vatican Council says in the uh, decree Gaudium et Spes, number 48, the intimate community of life and love which constitutes the marriage state has been established by the Creator and endowed by Him with its own proper laws. God Himself is the author of marriage. This is why the catechism adds that the vocation to marriage is written in the very nature of man and woman as they came from the hand of the Creator. So marriage, again, is not a result of our human decisions or of our human laws, and therefore civil laws should respect the nature of marriage as it is uh, and as it was created by God, the creator. Besides, because it was created by God, marriage is very good in itself, and it must be honored and respected as a good for humanity. So this natural institution, created by God for the natural order, and that is part of the natural order of humanity, was elevated by Jesus Christ to the dignity and status of a sacrament. Therefore, not only is it good for humanity, it is a sacrament that sanctifies the spouses and their children and gives them the grace to fulfill their proper vocation. So what is the nature of marriage? Catechism, uh, the Catholic Catechism, number 1601, following the Second Vatican Council, says the following about the reality of marriage. We read, The matrimonial covenant by which a man and a woman establish between themselves a partnership of the whole of life is by its nature ordered toward the good of the spouses and the procreation and education of offspring. This covenant between baptized persons has been raised by Christ the Lord to the dignity of a sacrament. So here are some aspects that we can highlight of this description or definition if you want. First of all, it is a lifelong covenant or permanent commitment. We cannot be married for several years or 10 years or 20 years. It is a lifelong covenant. In its validity, that's what it is. It is a, a Covenant between a man, one man, and one woman. It is a covenant by which they give themselves completely for the good of each other and for the good of their future children. It is ordered, so its goal is the spiritual good of the spouses and the procreation and education of children. And in the case of those who are baptized, when husband and wife are baptized, this uh, institution of marriage is elevated to the status of a sacrament and we could also add that once the sacrament is established no human authority can break apart a sacramental marriage that has been validly established before god as a sacrament created and established by god not only does marriage signify the love between the three persons of the holy trinity it also signifies the union and love between Christ and the church. And this is a, a mystery. It's an important reality that God chose to have marriage uh, be a symbol of a very profound and supernatural love between Jesus Christ and his spouse, his bride, the Catholic Church. And this is uh, expressed by St. Paul... In his letter to the Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 30 through 33. In particular, verses 31 and 32, uh, he says the following. A man, and he says this quoting uh, the book of Genesis, right? A man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And then he follows. And this is a great mystery, but I speak of it in reference to Christ and the church. So up to there, St. Paul. So the love of husband and wife is like a symbol of the love between Christ and the church. Jesus Christ, who gave his life on the cross to give life to the church, his bride. So these are some ideas that can help us understand a bit more in depth the mystery, the reality, and the treasure that we have in the sacrament of marriage and how important it is for society to have stable, profound, and faithful marriages. How important it is for for you and me and for young generations to truly get married, right? Uh, Not to live together for some time and then, uh, let's say, go up and move apart and then join with some other people. It's important to establish lifelong commitments in the sacrament of marriage. In the next episode, we will develop some of the things that threaten the reality of marriage and why it is important to have good and holy couples that live faithfully this marriage bond. So thank you so much for listening. Let us pray that our Lord may continue to bless the world and His church with strong, faithful couples that may be an example to their children and to society. If you like this episode, please share it with others. So also... If you can, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. May God bless you, and we will see you next time.